finest of mornings to all of the nation and stragglers because, you know, sometimes we do have accidental listeners and it is our job to attempt to win them over. Lindsey Brown, Vinny Bonesignor hanging with you guys until 10 a.m. This is the morning tailgate. And joining us as he normally does on Mondays, but we took the day off yesterday, so we got to make good. And it's always a good time when we get to talk to Jesse Merrick. You see him on your television screens on Channel 3 News 3 LV. He's one of the anchors, and you can follow him on Twitter or X, depending on how uh, allegiant you are to Elon, at Jesse News 3 LV. Jesse, good morning. Thank you for joining us. And what did you do with your first weekend without football in a minute? Yeah, it was uh, an interesting one. I I did what I usually do at work um, (laughs) on most weekends, but... Um, I, I was uh, covering basketball. UNLV had a, a big weekend. Um, obviously, that was on Saturday. But then uh, on Sunday, just uh, in studio kind of recapping that weekend for UNLV, playing against Reno, and uh, for the later Rebels, uh, just demolishing Air Force. So I uh, was kind of tied up with a lot of that. Um, didn't get a chance to watch too much of the uh, uh, NBA All-Star weekend festivities, but I, I've heard plenty about it. And, uh, you know, it sounds like it was an interesting uh, weekend in the NBA for sure, too. You know, um, that, that, that Saturday game against Reno, uh, the last I checked, they were winning. And then I, then I uh, later on, like around past midnight, I checked Twitter again and they lost. And it just feels like I've seen a couple of really close losses for UNLV where they had the lead, they seemingly had control, and they just weren't able to, uh, to finish it out. Are we just talking about a, a team that's just not quite there, um, maybe maturity-wise and savvy-wise to close these games out because they've been more than competitive in these games. Yeah, I mean, I think you you said it perfectly, and that's kind of a lot of the conversation that I've had with with so many other media members and other people kind of surrounded by that, you know, watch the team and everything. That's kind of been the the tag for this group, honestly, since I've been here at least for the last five years, really. It's like, you know, they'll have have some nice wins, and, uh, you know, you'll be watching the game, and you're like, man, okay, this team looks legit. You know, Mm -hmm. they're up. And then something happens late, you know, and again, maybe, maybe it's a maturity thing. Who knows? Uh, and, and it's just a matter of just not being able to hold on to these leads and, and close out those games. And, you know, if, if this team, if this program figures out a way to do that, like they're going to be a really good team and, and could be dangerous. And, and, you know, who knows, maybe we're talking about them going to the uh, NCAA tournament if they're able to do that this year and over the years as well. Obviously got to see what happens in the conference mm-hmm. tournament, but um, you know, the, the most disappointing thing I think for, Rebels fans in that game is that, uh, and Coach Kruger talked about it at the end, he felt like they lost their edge, you know, late in the game. And right. Fowles obviously had, a, had something to do with that. The, the rest were calling that one pretty close, uh, you know, down the stretch of the game there. But, um, you know, for Reno, they were just going straight to the rack. They scored on their last seven possessions. Um, I believe six of those were layups, um, you know. So it's like, man, you got to protect the paint late. And then also, too, you know, uh, I believe they shot 58% from the free throw line, uh, UNLV did. Uh, you know, and that's obviously not okay. Um, you know, DJ, uh, the young man, he had an opportunity to, uh, you know, tie the game late with some free throws, was unable to convert on those. And that's going to stand out to a lot of people, but I think we can't forget that that kid is, one, a kid, and two, played an unreal game. He was definitely the player of the game until that moment. It's kind of growing pains for him. So I think it's probably just growing pains in general for UNLV, which I know is frustrating for fans because that's kind of been the you know the, the feel of this group over the last handful of years. But, man, if, if Kevin or whatever ends up happening with another coach, who knows? I mean, I'm not rooting for Kruger to lose his job by any means. I think he's a great guy for this program. But if him or whoever ends up taking the ranks at some point can get this team over the hump and get them to hold on to those leads and close out these games, 
it is going to be a game changer for these uh, for this team and this program because they've always just kind of been right there, uh, no matter who's really leading things the last couple of years. Well, and there's programs around them that are figuring it out. You have a lot of success in the professional ranks, and so uh, you you got to be a winner in this town, right? And if you're not, it's going to be uh, irrelevancy pretty quick here. We're talking to Jesse Merrick from News Three LV, and and you cover all of the sports, and 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 you're witness to a lot of the business dealings that goes around, and and I'm certainly familiar with with hockey first and foremost and one of the things that I've noticed uh, at least since the pandemic that there's been an expedition in terms of well the team's not working we can't trade anyone the money is what it is and so the only way we can really uh, get some energy back in this locker room is we're going to fire the coach it it happens all the time but now I think we're seeing a little bit of an uptick in the NBA as well what professional sports league do you think is the more volatile for the head coaching position at this point yeah it's I think the NHL probably in my mind, just because, like you said, I mean, it's so, I mean, I, let's see, so I've been here five years. I've seen three different Golden Knights coaches. Um, you know, I'm like, this is a team that's only missed the playoffs once in that time span. You know, um, so that's kind of wild the way that it works in the NHL. And, and you know, you see so many coaches in so many different teams around the league getting fired like that. And and a lot of the times you'll you'll hear the reasoning be like, oh, we just they needed a new voice in the locker room. It's like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> like, it's not the bad teams, team. Jesse. They're good teams that are getting and, and yeah. they're in desperate situations because I the Brooklyn Nets fired their coach and they're like one game out of the play in right now. I, that's what I'm confused yeah, by. That's another odd one. It's strange, you know. It's it's not like not if you uh, talk you to know, the like players. The <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Not if you talk to the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. That's a good point. But I, it's just crazy because, like, you know, if you look in college basketball, you know, a coach takes a team to, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament, and they kind of live off of that for a while. Um, you know, you win a couple NCAA tournament games, you're probably not going anywhere for a very long time. Uh, in college football, obviously, you win a championship, which is no, not easy to do. But like, you have a good team, you win your conference. Uh, you know, you're, you're fighting, you know, in the rankings or whatnot, and you're going to be sticking around. Whereas then you go look at the pros and it's, uh, you know, it's very different, obviously, um, you know, and, and there's that, that short leash. But I would say, yeah, NBA and NHL definitely are kind of right there, especially in recent years in the NBA. I feel like, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like that didn't happen a ton with that crazy short leash in the NBA, uh, you know, in, in years, at least when I was growing up, the 90s, early 2000s and stuff. Um, I felt like that wasn't the case. You had more like staying power with coaches uh, overall, but now it's just kind of like, hey, if you're not getting it done, we're going to find somebody else that can. Um, you know, and I guess that just goes to show the money-making machine that these leagues are now. Uh, they want results right now. But I think it is wild with the NHL, again, like where you'll hear you're like, hey, we just needed a new voice in the locker room and move forward. Like that to me is still just a, a wild thing where you're like, let's give it some time. Maybe not like can the guy in the middle of a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking of uh... – guys staying, guys leaving, or whatever the case might be. I think when you look at the Raiders quarterback situation, uh, it sure seems like Jimmy Garoppolo um, is, is is on his way out. I think Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell stays um, to compete and maybe ends up being the backup. But in terms of that number one quarterback, uh, if it isn't Aiden O'Connell, if you were to uh, get the uh, you know the the microscope out or the eight ball whatever it is that you look at and look through uh, to see into the future. Um, what do you where do you see the Raiders going with their quarterback spot this year? Yeah, uh, you know and I was I was talking with a lot of folks about that you know down on Radio Row and it's it's one of those things where you look at the free agent class 
and it's not amazing. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, Kirk Cousins is obviously a name that gets thrown around there a lot, and, I, and Devontae mentioned him, um, you know, and but I think a lot of fan bases wouldn't be on fire to get him. Obviously, he's, he's had the stats that he's had, and he's been great in Minnesota. I think, uh, I think he'd be a good fit here. I don't know that they necessarily go that route. Then you look at the rest of the free agents behind him, not exactly the most, like, exciting names, you know, just some guys that have kind of been there, done that, you know, in the league. No no star, stars or anything like that. And that's indicative of the position. Um, but those big-name guys aren't going to become available like that. But uh, I, for me, if if I'm Telesco and I'm AP, I'm saying, hey, look, uh, you know, obviously it was before they got there, before they really took the reins. But they had an opportunity last year to trade up and, and kind of move forward and get somebody, um, you know, didn't do it. Now they're at 13. Obviously it would cost a lot. But if you really like one of those top couple quarterbacks, you're going to have to go up and get them, um, you know. And, and I would say make that move because, you know, in this league, you, you either have a quarterback or you don't. And the haves and the have-nots are, are separated uh, by a lot. Even this crazy year where, like, so many teams and so many quarterbacks got hurt, um, you know, the teams that managed to get good quarterback play were right there. And so like, you've got to figure that out, especially getting a young guy on that, you know, uh, young car on the rookie deal, um, you know, and being able to, to surround them with, with some players, and especially the way the defense is playing too. You like bolster that unit. Uh, you've got some weapons on offense, whoever that would be, and, and kind of let it ride, uh, you know, would be my move. And obviously I know you have to give up a lot of capital to do that, um, but if I'm them, I, I go and, and make a move for someone like that and, and try and, you know, really build the foundation for that long-term success that Mark Davis talked about that he wanted when bringing in uh, McDaniel and Ziegler and trying to, like, kind of recreate that Patriots-esque, uh, you know, foundation uh, for the future, for success, to kind of build a, a dynasty in a sense. And I think if you want to do that, like, you've got to get a young quarterback. Otherwise, you're going to keep playing this game every other year, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking different trajectories that your Las Vegas Raiders could take with Jesse Merrick. Again, uh, an anchor at News 3LV. You can follow him at Jesse News 3LV. And we, we've talked a little bit today about the always evolving nature of, of sports and how technology can influence that, how certain players who are special can influence that. There's a lot of things that, that cause an illicit change. But with that change comes a different adjustment and expectation, right? Like if scoring is up, uh, I, I'm probably going to accept like some more goals being let up by my goalies. I'm not going to pull them as quick because that's just the nature of where this game has gone. So what's the biggest adjustment that you've had to make in being a football viewer in the last five seasons where have you had to reset your expectations the most oh that's a good question um i would say i mean it, it's the thing that's kind of been the trend over the years is how much more they they uh allow the offense you know to, to kind of do their thing and, and it makes life tougher on the defense mm. um for me you know i mean one <laughs> the, the one rule of like what's a catch and what isn't a catch that's changed so much over the years and i don't think none of us ever really know what what is and what isn't a catch still at this point um so that one definitely, and it, is, it comes up so many times throughout the year too, you know. But um, uh, yeah, I would say that, and honestly, just uh, for defenders in, in terms of tackling and how they have to go about it. And I'm all for player safety, so I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm, you know, against that by any means. Um, but you know, some of the rules are, are so tough on these defenders, and you know, when it's a moving target and trying to, you know, hit somebody, and uh, you know, whether it's college or wherever, you know, getting flagged or you getting kicked out, uh, you know, for some of these hits. It, it's tough, and so it's like I'll, I'll sit there and watch, and it's like, man, you know, uh, when, when a guy makes a tackle, and you think, man, like, you know, when I was growing up, that was like a great play, like, wow, what a tackle, and then now you look, and you're like, well, okay, now they're getting flagged for it, because, you know, he lowered his head at the last second, and all this stuff, and there's a difference between, like, spearing somebody, 
and you again hitting a moving target where the guy's about to slide or something, and you dip your head a little bit or something like that. And again, all mm-hmm. four player safety, but like there's got to be uh, a way to make it a little more balanced. I think in that regard, just in terms of the the tackling and you know um, all that different stuff for for defenders, because it just makes life so tough on them. Uh, you know, it's hard enough uh, the rules and how they protect the quarterback, and I get it. Most important position, really in sports. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to make life a little easier, I think, on the defenders and give them a little more leeway, uh, but figure out a way to do it to where it keeps everybody safe and healthy, you know. Jesse, we're literally a week away from uh, the NFL's scouting combine beginning in Indianapolis. Is there a player or players uh, that you're uh, really intrigued about watching, whether it's throw, whether it's run, whatever the case might be, uh, of what of what's looking like a, a really strong draft class? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just going to be the, the the quarterbacks, and obviously, we'll wait and see, you know, who that ends up being. Um, but you know, then like after the combine, that's when you really start to get an idea and a feel for like, okay, who's quote unquote shooting up the draft board, you know? And uh, Drake made the guy. I hope he ends up, you know, being there and throwing. Like I, I've heard a ton about him. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of North Carolina games, but like everything I read about him, you know, is that that similar kind of uh, Justin Herbert type, uh, you know, comp, and, and so. I just want to see the guy moving around, and I need to go back and watch some more North Carolina games and get a feel for it because it sounds like he didn't have a great O-line, but so it was like constantly on the run. And I like that in like a young quarterback coming out. So obviously there's no blockers coming at you, but I want to see the way that kid moves and, and throws on the run and stuff like that. And also just get more of a look, you know, at Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, um, you know, some of those guys. Uh, even a J.J. McCarthy, he's a guy you hear, uh, you know, now lately what is it? someone said he, he could be like a Joe Burrow uh, type of guy. Um, which is obviously high praise. Uh, I just want to see the kid do do a little bit more. And obviously, I watched plenty of Michigan games, um, but wasn't he wasn't asked to do a ton there. So I'd like to see what the arm talent looks like. And again, you take everything with a grain of salt because they're in shorts and t-shirts out there running around without anybody coming after them. But um, you know, you just want to see that 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 again the arm talent and and what they can bring to the table uh, in that regard. Um, so those are some of the guys I'm honestly looking forward to seeing more than anything else. And then always. It's, Every year comes around, like, who's the fastest guy? Who's the strongest guy? You know, mm-hmm. as, as a kid, you kind of grow up watching all of that, um, you know, in the whole underwear Olympics and things out there that the combine has become. But, um, you know, for me, really every year watching the quarterback, seeing the way they place the ball uh, with some of these receivers, too, that they're not familiar with and comfortable with. You know, I, I think that, to me, is even more impressive when these guys do throw at the combine, working with these receivers that they don't know very well. Because like, that's how it's going to be early on in the NFL for their first year. Like, where are you able to place the ball? And they talk about it so many times of, like, you know, when guys run their drag, depending on where the defender is, that's where the ball is going to be placed and things like that. And, like, that's what I try and hone in on and figure out those little things, uh, you know, when they're throwing the combine, too. That's some great stuff there. Jesse Merrick is the name. Sports anchor at News 3LV is the game. Uh, like you said, you had days off that you worked uh, for. Anything on the docket this week that you're especially excited to cover in our, our fine city here? Uh, biggest thing for me, I'm just stoked to get back to covering the Golden Knights on Thursday. I, mean, mm. uh, I love football, so don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of get back into the mix with the Knights. Uh, for me, it's been so kind of touch and go uh, with them. I, you know, I've, gosh, it's been a while since I've actually been in person uh, at a Knights game. So um, getting some consistency back with them. they got two games coming up at home here. Uh, on uh, I'm not going to be there tonight, but on oh. Thursday I will be back there against, for the game against Toronto. So, just excited to kind of get back in the building and really start to dive in as the, the night season approaches its end as well and, and kind of see what this looks, this team is going to look like come playoff time. So uh, that's the biggest one for me. You know, that's kind of that, like, you know, you turn the page and 
it's funny because like football season officially ends now mm. and we're like okay now it's hockey season oh wait we only have like a month and a half to go <laughs> right real convenient that you're going to skip the preds game and you're just happening to show up for the maple leaves oh awesome matthews just happens to be in town but it's okay you're a big deal you yeah. deserve to be covering the big time events thank you so much for for <laughs> making our show a big time event for you today of course, you guys. I always appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Jess. There he goes, Jesse Merrick. Again, News 3 LV. A great place to get some of your hockey content if you're looking for other places besides, you know, Fox Sports Radio. It's a marathon. It is. It is. And hopefully, uh, last time I really checked in with their marathon, defense was not really that great in front of the net. So I'm curious to see how that looks tonight now that they've had some time to shape up. The season's a little bit longer in the tooth, a little more desperate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely, uh, but still another switch. another month yeah. in the regular season. Right. Um, it's it's uh, you know spring training's going on right now. Some of the baseball players are talking about 182 is just too many. You know, uh, it used to be one, or it's it's I'm sorry, it's 160. It's 162 games now. Yeah, because it our, used to be 154. I think it was. Yeah. And um, you know, baseball players are are starting to talk about you know are, are we are we playing too much and. I always say to them, be careful, because if you want to start talking about, you know, reducing the season, you're going to have to start reducing your pay. That's how that all works. It's just a math game. And um, but it it is probably a little too long, especially with just how you fit it in towards within summer. Right. Quote summer. It's just in this season. And you're like, oh, it only goes for six or seven. Well, all of them go for for six or seven. It just seems like this one is a little bit more compact because it is they're playing every other day. So right. it's a different and, ask. Oh, it's and, a different art form in baseball. In baseball, it's every day. Correct. Well, it's every day, but you're like sometimes you're at the ballpark every other day, but it's like game, 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 day off. You're still at the ballpark and then game, game, You know game. what's really funny? It's game, 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 yeah. game, 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 day off. Only, only off days or travel days? No, uh, no, you could get a, a day off at home, but it, sure. it's not game, 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 day off. It's game. It's That's like I'm, you're you go, at the ballpark you every go day. 17 straight days. Yeah, you're at the ballpark every day. And that's yeah. why they're creatures of habit. Right. And of process. And uh, they make sense to me. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's it's uh, it's, you know, when, when you start talking about shortening seasons, um, the thing that that bothers me about that is that, um, you know, and also the the, the, the load. Ma- this is I'll, I'll get into this with the NBA. I don't care about the All-Star game necessarily, but I do care that guys play the amount of games. For sure. Because I've always felt like, and I get why they do it. People always try to say, Vinny, that's a smart thing. They want to try to preserve themselves. You don't have to explain to me what they're doing. Obviously, they're trying to preserve to be at their best peak physical form as sure. much as you possibly can in the playoffs. But but what bothers me about that is you go look back and look at Michael Jordan and, and all those other players. They played 82 games short of like a legitimate injury, like if they were, if they had a, a, a groin injury or, or whatever the case might be, they played 82 games. Mm-hmm. There's something about winning a championship, about being the last person up on the mountain, the last person standing. It's a battle of attrition. It's a battle of physicality. It's a battle of all demands on your body. It's a battle of sometimes teams are going to get injured. Teams are going to get hurt. Who can withstand that grind and be the last person standing? And so when you start talking about taking 30 games off, 22 games off to just preserve yourself, you're cheapening to me what other people did before you that went and played pole to pole. And you're cheapening the process. Uh, yeah, it's an they're, they're, right. Exactly. You're, 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 you're. I call it gaming the system. You're gaming the system. Yes, it would be great to be able to play golf with a bigger hole. 
<laughs> you know, that would make things a lot easier. Um, and, and, and I don't think that we should be doing that. I don't think we should be tolerating that. And secondly, more, and maybe even more importantly, when you're asking fans to pay for the game, I know they pay for the All-Star game, but that's you kind of know what you're getting into nowadays with the All-Star game as a paying customer. But if you've bought your tickets to go see whatever team, and maybe you've had to travel you know, three hours to get there, which that happens a lot, and you show up to the arena and the player that you wanted to see, Seth Curry, whoever it might be, is taking a day off, that's not good, man. That is, you're, 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 that's not for your paying customers, for your hardcore fans, for your fans that you rely on for your livelihood. I think you're just taking them for granted. I don't think you should be doing that. You know who I don't take for granted? Hmm. Those cut us tequila. And I want to say, if you're here in Las Vegas, Go check out uh, all the uh, Dos Cotas products at uh, Total Wine, which I don't know if you've been to Total Wine, uh, Lindsay. It's it's actually really cool. Oh, yeah. It's a cool place. Oh, I'm familiar. It's <laughs> All right. It's been uh, a while, I, but I am, yeah. uh, I'm familiar. Super nice uh, there. They've got all the uh, all, all the brands that, that you want with Dos Cotas tequila. If you want a night out on the town, go to Senior Frogs over at the Treasure Island Hotel. They always have daily two-for-one specials. Uh, of Dos Cotas tequila. And if you're not in Las Vegas, don't even sweat it because you could always go online. Uh, there's a website, doscotasspirits.com, where you can get all of the latest, all of your favorite uh, Dos Cotas products, and they can ship it right to your house. So check them out at doscotasspirits.com. One of these times, I will press the button at the time I would like the machine to fire, and the machine will respond by firing! This technology stuff, man, I'm turning into my dad. None of this works, Vinny. None of this stuff works the way that you want it to because it's too damn complicated, but that's what we're here to get into or at least uh, thread through here on the morning tailgate. Welcome back to everyone in the nation. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, it is Tuesday. It is. It's Tuesday. Um, it's, it's, I, it's Monday. I mean, let's just say it's Monday. Friday will be fr- we'll, we'll catch up, but uh, but yeah it was and I, this is the last long weekend for a while huh I don't remember what the next what one for is. holidays and yeah. stuff yeah. yeah I think so probably Memorial Day is probably the closest thing yeah that's uh, my daughter was just telling me that their, her spring break is coming up and it's in March so it's like just a couple of weeks away you guys going anywhere is she going anywhere uh, I no I'm going to the owners meetings in Orlando Florida they may Ooh. go someplace we'll see sunny Orlando yeah. landlocked to hell <laughs> I like Orlando do you uh, yeah I love Florida do you I'm a Florida guy yes yeah, so I love the weather I grew, I lived there for a while um I love Miami uh I love Sarasota I love Tampa um so yeah I mean there's obviously whatever you're talking about, there's going to be areas that you don't want to go to. And just for whatever reason, I'm not a big Jacksonville guy. Never been to Jacksonville only to like, if they had a limp biscuit museum, I would go. Maybe they do. Yeah. uh, I think Leonard Skinner came from uh, Jacksonville. Really? Yes. Uh, In fact, there, you know how that band was named? How? Um, Leonard Skinner was their PE teacher at the high school that they went to. and, Mm -hmm. And he was like a, notorious hard ass mm-hmm. and especially a hard ass on them like you're never going to amount to anything da, 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 da. love so those they teachers named, they named their and then they became best friends like he would go on tour with them uh, it was like you were the guy that we you know you're you you actually motivated us and he's like i'm you know he apologized like what really I was did you have there. one of those teachers who um, told you you weren't worth a damn i certainly do uh no never, really never no I, I honestly people were like you're gonna 
do something. You're going to do something. In life. Wow. Know? Yeah. That's nice. So, yeah. So uh, I had a, yeah. in seventh grade, I had a teacher because um, I wasn't put in the right class. I was in, I, I was typically in the accelerated reading and the not so accelerated math. And I was kind of in the normal reading class and I, I was getting through my work really quickly because that's just, I, I was able to process information and stuff. And I remember I went through a couple things. She took me out in the hallway and she said that I was only going to amount to a pretty face and that I wasn't going to be able to be taken seriously when I got older. And I was like, what, 12 at the time. And I, I told my mom about it. And credit to my mom because, I mean, there's plenty of parents that, that don't believe their kids when they tell them stuff. And there's plenty of parents that believe too much about what their kids tell them. But right. she uh, she went to bat for me and, and, and defended it. And I certainly used it for fuel. And it was just – it was – it was bizarre because if you're a teacher, if you're an adult, like, uh, who are you to say that to a kid? Because you got to remember, kids just got here, and that stuff, you know, that's that's that stuff gets put in your bones, and it causes problems for for later in life. And I'm not here to say like you, you never know when you could traumatize someone, but that's how I live my life. And uh, but but it was also coming from uh, a woman too, it was just like yeah, it, it, it does oh. suck. It does suck. And so it was, um, Miss Miss Kane. I was a look um, at us now. I was a really bad. Uh, I, I was not good in math. All right, mm-hmm. and uh, I just didn't interest me and in, in all that. But uh, by the time I was like a junior or senior uh, in high school, I, like I, 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 you know, I, I was talking my way into through through my uh, media pass for the Cougar Press. I was a sports editor of my high school newspaper mm-hmm. and working for our local newspaper. I was going to cover Laker games and Dodger games, and people would see me on TV sometimes, like in the locker room and everything like that. My teachers recognized it, so. I was not good at math, all right? And uh, my algebra, I guess it was two, I maxed out at algebra two in mm-hmm. high school. Um, quite frankly, I should have failed the class. Yeah. But Mr., I'm not gonna tell his, say his name. Uh, he, he comes up to me when he was giving us the grades and he passed me and he's like, he goes, because for you, it doesn't matter that you don't, I could already tell that you're on your way in your career. I know what you, what it is that you wanna do. This is never gonna be applicable. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, because you know, so he just gave me a break. Like he, uh, and I, and I, and to this day, I thank him because he could have easily failed me and probably rightfully so failed me. Mm-hmm. But I think he understood like this. Not there's no need to to do that because this isn't even going to be your world. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a break. Yeah, it, it's it's teachers are such important role models yeah. for our lives. Coaches too, oh, and that's why like your your words matter so much and how you interact with kids. And so I always just say give people pause whenever they're getting worked up about anything because honestly it's just another day where they're trying to figure out and learn how to be a, a, a responsible person and hopefully a responsible yeah. adult someday. And so uh, words have power and, and, and they certainly matter. Trying to work on Vinny's mic. We know we're getting all the oh, text messages, all the things. Everybody's alerting to me that Vinny's mic is a little bit low, including check, my check, mother. Check. And yeah, so, a little bit low on yeah, we're working on it, though, because that's what we do. We perform. We're gamers. Whatever whatever resources we have at our disposal, we find a way to make it work. Yeah, and maybe I can just talk louder. <laughs> no, <laughs> can, you're uh, good. You're good. Am I good now? Well, check, we just check, check. You're good. So... When it comes to where we're at with the Raiders and where we're at with this coaching staff, right? Because over the weekend, we acquired a quarterback's coach. We got a new guy, and I know everybody's looking at this resume. Well, what has he done? What is, he's failed here. He's failed there. That's at a coordinator position. First of all, he's coming in to be a quarterback's coach. And, again, we're not going to just hold everybody to their results. We're smarter than that. We have a more nuanced 
way of looking at sports. But Rich Scagarello, I think I got his name right. Uh, he's been working for the QB Collective in the leading up to the draft here. He's been working with uh, Caleb Williams as well. And so any thoughts, any anything that you've been able to uncover for Coach Rich so far? Yeah, and um, I know that people are, uh, you know, worried because, you know, the offensive coordinator deal didn't necessarily work out. But sometimes you got to look at who is you working with. And it was interesting because with the Denver Broncos, he actually got Blaine Gabbert to play pretty well. And then they went in a different direction, and Blaine Gabbert actually got worse mm-hmm. the next year. So um, sometimes it's just, you know, and, and again, he's the quarterback coach. So he's not coordinating the offense. That's Luke Getze's job. So um, I've seen I, – I, there's, there's plenty of time. You're, as a coach, you're almost – you're going to get fired – it's Correct. really going to – It's the nature of the business. It's the nature of the business, and staffs change and philosophies change, whatever the case might be. So um, to sit here and say it's a bad hire, I've seen that on, on Twitter. Who knows? Because we just look up the resume, and we see that he got fired, and we got fired, and we got fired, and that's the only – like, that's all there is. got to look at sometimes what, what did the roster look like? Who was the quarterback that he was working with? What kind of skill players did he have? And, and – um, well, not all the information on him is online either. Well, I mean, yeah, like, you, could, but, you could go back but, and cross-reference. But, you know, you know, Vinny, like when it comes to knowing people and how they coach, how they connect with players, what does he do to help uh, develop fundamentals, like wh- who he is as that a person, part of it, a personality, yeah. you're not going to find that in telling them what what the record was and what they were able to not accomplish. Like you can't, you can't well, hold somebody accountable yeah. to that when we're talking about a holistic picture of a person. And I'm going to assume he – communicates pretty he's gotten to a pretty high level I'm, I'm, I'm gonna assume that he knows you know what he needs to know so w- when I start looking at this is what, I guess what I was trying to say is why didn't it work right I then you could start looking at the rosters you could start looking at oh well the quarterback missed eight games because of an injury there's a lot of nuance that goes into why something did or didn't work and I'm a firm believer that typically it's gonna I, I gotta I'm gonna look at the talent that you have to work with First and foremost, because mm-hmm. plenty of coaches, Bill Belichick, look at what he did with Tom Brady. Look at what he did without Tom Brady. That's that's you, it's it's a clear example. You could go back to when he was at Cleveland, which, by the way, I believe he got fired there or it didn't work out. They didn't renew his contract, whatever the case was. But he goes to New England and he and, in, you know, uh, he, he's he's working with, as it turns out, the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. And look what he was able to accomplish. So circumstance is 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 important. You have to look at that part of it as well uh, to figure out why something did or did not work out. Yeah, and we're working our things out here. Only a few minutes left here of the morning tailgate. we got to get to a break here, but more from Vinny and I to finish out another glorious edition of the morning tailgate. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. Goodest of morning, morning tailgaters. I'm doing a great job of uh, limiting my uh, availability here. I'm, I'm, I'm showing some colors today, people. We're, we're on the bus. We're still rolling along. We're almost at our stop. Still got the rest of your day to go. And the great thing is that Raider Nation Radio is here for you each and every day. JT and the Brick later on in Unnecessary Roughness 2 to 5. So please stay tuned in in addition to Rich Eisen. Uh, but I also need to tell you all about this great old giveaway that we have kicking off today. Raider Nation Radio starting your year off with a chance to hit the jackpot. Every Monday through Friday, you could win 
$2,024. Listen in for the daily code and text it to 702-365-9200 to register. The contest opens each day at 7, runs until 5 p.m. The code changes daily, so make sure that you're listening every day for that code, and you can hit the jackpot. That is $2,000 or $2,024, all thanks to Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Raider. And if you're wondering about that damn code word, I got it for you. It is TARK. T-A-R-K. Tango Alpha Reginald. Let's start with K. Kangaroo. I know I got a little bit off with the alpha phonetic alphabet thing there, but it works. Tark. Text T-A-R-K to 702-365-9200. And you do know what that represents, right? What? Tark. Yeah, Jerry Tarkanian. I've been here for five years, and I'm not that much of a lot. Well, you never, you know, it's kind of a bygone era, although there is a there's an on-ramp, right, named after him, or a stretch of the freeway? It's the it's a road that runs right next to the freeway that has no stoplights that you can just run perpendicular. And there's a uh, there's Paralyzed, a there's a Jerry Tarkanian center like uh, where where you can hoop it up and play basketball and sure. things like that. I know that because my daughter is going to be working there this weekend for um, I think it's the Las Vegas Elite. The uh, it's a it's a travel ball, um, of course, you know, league. So uh, a lot of I mean, pretty much every great player that's come out of las vegas recently has gone through that program um mm-hmm. so uh so she's pretty excited to uh to see all the the great young talent that's in this area when it comes to sports football and basketball baseball it's always been a, a good hotbed for baseball because you can pretty much play it year-round um but because of the influx of people moving in uh to, to the las vegas area the level of sports is going through the roof there's just more kids more talent and you see like when when i was watching uh washington uh play play against michigan in the uh in the in the final in the championship game there were a couple of the, the, the best wide receiver who's arguably the second best wide receiver in the in the country in the draft mm-hmm. las vegas kid uh the, the one of the tackles who i'm going to i'm going to talk to both of them actually uh in indianapolis next week is from uh las vegas one of the high schools out here he's a henderson kid so it really is uh, a, a hotbed uh, for, for sports, and it keeps getting better and better and better, and we love to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly – we're producing higher-level athletes at a higher rate. There's more of them. Yeah. There's more of them. We're in a tweener era, at least by by my account, in terms of just where technology is pushing everything because there have been some growing pains. We were talking a little bit about the load management and how sometimes too much information is definitely a thing. Uh, because I do think there's something to be said about that dedication to the process every day and not interrupting that. And the other thing I, I think we could talk about when it comes to youth sports or and all the way up to the professional level, too, is that there's there's too many games, but there's too few of practices. Like, there's not enough time to practice. And, again, at the professional level, I know there there's different constraints. You're supposed to be a finished product. But even from the world that I used to work in, uh, about all the games and and everything has to be a, a contest that is structured. Everything has to have a purpose, and there's there's room for that for sure. But in terms of having that that time where you can mess around, where you get to be creative, you don't have to have your brain on with full games. of intentionality. And there's just not enough of that right. to go around because everything is being taken up by AAA elite, like the like everybody has a league or someplace that they have to go, and so like. 
there's now a, a, a middleman, an, an intermediary in order to, for well, you to play that sport. It's one thing to play the sport. It's another thing to play for the love of the well, sport. One thing that, um, you know, talking to some, so let's talk, talk about basketball people that, that um, they're kind of souring on is the, it's just every skill is personalized. Every, every, you know, you're working on all these skills, skills, working on the skills. Right. And they're like, what about working on how to play the game, how to win a game? Do you know how to read a, a defense to make the next pass where or, it breaks or down? Break it off. Yeah. You know, uh, not have to do everything structured wise. Sometimes you're going to mm-hmm. have to finger. Sometimes you're going to have to change course in midair, and and you know, sometimes you're going to have to you're going to have to do things that win that moment, win that ga- you know that that game. And I I do believe there's something to be said about figuring out ways to win games because I, it ultimately is about winning. We can pretend that it isn't. But it is, and and not to say that that's the end all be all. But I think learning how to compete, and whether it's a, in a pickup game or or a high school game or even a, a travel ball game, uh, that art of learning how to win, making the plays, making the pass, making the play that leads to a great play uh, that that could score the winning points is is something that I think is sort of getting lost because. Because we're not we're not learning how to compete anymore. We're learning how to win. Those we're, are two no, different. Those are no, two different lear- skill sets. No, 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 no. We're not yes. even learning how to win. We're learning how to. That's all there is. No, we're, what, what we're learning how to do is how to be fundamental. How to do this. How to you know go watch individual workouts now. It's all individual rather than just basketball players that I talk to are saying just go out there and have some fun and shoot the ball like. Take crazy shots. It doesn't always have like I'm talking about the individual practices and the the specialized practices that we have now. That takes the actual game out of it. You're just working on skills. You're you're right, shooting. Right. Those skill. are the these are the, the the higher level. Like these are the elite of the elite where people can pay for private coaching. And a lot of kids that. are doing that. Though. I know, but that's and but I that's think that's what's turning. getting lost in the translation exactly. is is the is the competition of winning, of so, learning how to win a game and and doing what you, what what's necessary to win the game rather than just always focus on my footwork and this and that, which is important too. But but the art of just competing and having fun, like even just a playground game. When we played playground games, we wanted to right. win. We were cussing at each other. We were fighting. We were pushing each other because we wanted to win, and there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that you were, it defined you. That doesn't mean that if you lost – that, that was the end of the world. That was part of it. You got to learn how to how to how to absorb losses because you're going to take a lot of losses, whatever it is that you do in life. But that part of it, just that, instead of it being the, just a centralized or individualized thing, um, and, and and what gets lost in the in the translation is the is the is the collective of it and and learning how to go f- compete and win and be a part of a team too. Yeah, it's just all very hyper individualized, and I don't think that it's going to work out very well for a lot. For for very few, it will, and for the rest of us, it really won't. And so it's unfortunate because I'm not sure how you put the the genie back in the bottle in this. Um, but I, I I can certainly, but from my coaching experience, from my competition experience, I think there's there's too much intentionality. There's too much important things. Everything's too important. Every practice is too important. And what that happens, your kids get burnt out. They don't look at everything the same. I, and uh, ultimately, when you get it's too just down, another day. When you get too down, go 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 watch a high school basketball game. Go watch a high school know, baseball ben. game, and it's I'm, a lot. It's still a lot of fun. I and know, I, Ben. I'm trying to go to break because we got to hit this, and so uh, this has been the morning tailgate. We got plenty of great stuff the rest of this week. Thank you so much for joining us.